We're talking about Holy Spirit. Isn't that cool? And, and like Jimmy just mentioned, we didn't know this um, for a while until a couple weeks ago that according to the Jewish calendar, which maybe you follow, maybe you don't, I actually didn't follow that much, this is the week of Pentecost, otherwise known as the Festival of Weeks, and they called it um, Savo or something like that in the Hebrew, and it was really a first fruits harvest festival where they would start to gather some of the first fruits of the season and offer them up as a sacrifice and things like that. They'd have rituals in the temple and all that, but it was during that week that God chose or Jesus said, Holy Spirit, it's time. And he descended on the, the early church and the church was born. Isn't that cool? And so it's just an interesting culmination of events where we were all shut in during the Passover, according to the Jewish calendar. We were in shutdown mode, right? For the first time ever since the Passover. Did they ever quarantine the healthy? I've never heard of it before except for Passover, right? Healthy people stay inside, <laughs> right? And so how, I'm like, how odd, but it wasn't odd during the Passover. And then 50 days later, somewhat, and here we are during the Feast of Pentecost. I have never felt this desperate for a move of God in my lifetime. I don't remember ever feeling this desperate with groans too deep to utter as the Bible talks about. Man, there was... There was a moment about two weeks ago where uh, me and my wife, Alicia, were meeting with, uh, with Gary, uh, Pastor Gary and his wife, Renee, and uh, of course, Jim and Lydia were there. They were meeting in one of these classrooms back here talking about future ministry things and pastoral ministry because um, Gary's one of our community pastors, and we got young adult ministry, we got youth ministry. We're just talking through a variety of things, and, <clears throat> and then we were done talking about ministry things, and we just started swapping stories like, you know, when the Holy Spirit moved on the earth like this, and we were part of that, we experienced this, and that's what old people do now. We sit around and tell stories. <clears throat> hopefully, hopefully uh, share some of them with you, but, but it was like that, and we were just like batting things back and forth, and we experienced part of the Toronto move back in the 90s, and then it was the, you know, the, the, what happened in Pensacola, Florida, and the, what's known as the Brownsville Revival, and literally thousands of people got saved, and, and then you know, the Lakeland Revival, and yeah, some of those got crazy, but a lot of us experienced God back then, and, and, and a lot of times in between and, and, and after, and we were talking about that, and it was, it was like then we reached a place in our conversation where we were looking at each other and we were done talking and we just groaned. It was like a, a holy desperation. We're just like, oh, oh God. So, and then I, I, I came out of there with like tears in my eyes as I, I'm about to tear up now because it was so, it was such a moment of desperation that we were never meant to do ministry in our own power and strength anyway. We were supposed to do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and we're being reset to say, oh God, we need you and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to do what we're going to do. And our whole country, really the whole world, is at a place of utter desperation. And you can feel it anytime you turn on the news or read an article. And maybe, maybe you're reading stuff like we're reading about, about the racist things going on and then the riots. And it's just, it's just despicable what's happening. And, and maybe, you know, the COVID-19, you know, you're still reading articles about that. Um, and then the, the, the extreme political agendas going on from some of that. Maybe you're reading articles like we just read where the suicide hotline 
calls are up 800% in our country. It's true in California and some other states and maybe not every state, but it's up 800%. And one headline that I just read this past week said, a year's worth of suicide attempts in four weeks. And maybe you're reading articles about how bad sex trafficking really is in our country and it really opens your eyes. Because that art- according to that article, the United States is absolutely the, the worst in all of the world, according to that article of condoning sex trafficking. And I read all these things. <laughs> Are you depressed yet? And I read all these things, and all it does for me is I go, Lord, it just proves how much we really need a move of God. There is a holy desperation falling on God's people, but falling on our nation, and we get to be part of it. I, I, am, I am not even guessing anymore, and I'm, I'm not even predicting, I'm telling you that this is going to culminate in a move of God like we've never seen before because of the desperation. People go, I need something, I need something, I need something, and I ain't finding it. The media's not helping me. You know, the government's not helping me right now. I need something. And what they need is Jesus, and they need a baptism in the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we're going to live to see it. Matter of fact, during, even during the shutdown, they were saying that almost every church that had an online audience, and we experienced it as well, like the attendance of our online audience just blew up by the thousands. And some churches were saying, they, some churches had buttons where you could click to say, I received Jesus, click this button, you know, thumbs up or whatever, I received Jesus. And, and churches were saying by the thousands, people were clicking that button. I don't know how many people were on the other end of those gadgets, except that we're starting to see a response in our, in our country. Isn't it cool? I think it's cool. That's what I live for, man. Anyway, that's why I'm here. It's why I do what I do. Well, today we're going to talk about the empowering, the empowering of the Holy Spirit. It's one of my favorite topics, and I'll tell you why. It's because the Holy Spirit truly is my very best friend. It started when I was 19 years old. Somebody gave me a book by Benny Hinn called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. I don't care what you think about Benny Hinn today, except that book was amazing. And when I read it, I couldn't stop reading it until I had read the whole thing. And when I put it down, I said, good morning, Holy Spirit. You are real. You are alive. And better than that, you live within me. Isn't that cool? What a mystery. And how bizarre, actually, right? That he would take up residence. I don't even want to live inside of me. (laughs) But he wants to live inside of me. How cool is that? And ever since that, maybe not every morning, but almost, the first thing I still do, it's like becomes habit. When I wake up, I go, good morning, Holy Spirit. And I hear him whisper. I hear a thought. I hear what I call an amplified thought back in my brain. It's like, good morning. You're ready to go. You know, things like that. And about an hour later, after a couple cups of coffee, I'm ready to go, really. But I start off my morning aware of the Holy Spirit. None of us are called to live this life, especially the Christian life, on our own strength. It's supposed to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I think this is, this is a really cool time to be alive. But as I was praying this week... And believe me, I was praying. This felt like a relaunch Sunday, and it felt like I was going to preach for the first time. The strangest emotions this week. Just seeing all you people just scares the daylights out of me. <clears throat> but I was, I was praying this week, and, and I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, all I need is an invitation, Vern. Can you just do that? Can you just make sure that I'm invited? So can we do that together? 
Pray with me right now. Use your own words, but I'm going to pray. Say, Holy Spirit, we invite you. We invite you to move. We invite you to move among all the people here and all those watching online. Holy Spirit, we invite you to baptize, empower, fill us, whatever verbiage we, you choose to use, but we invite you to move among us. Holy Spirit, do your work here. We need you desperately, and our nation needs you desperately. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to move in this place. And even more than that, I invite you to move in my heart today. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, I've experienced the Holy Spirit in multiple ways throughout my life. I think the first time I really felt the presence of the Holy Spirit was in a church similar to this all the way back in, I think it was 1990-something. I really don't remember. I was 19 years old. I remember that, whatever year that was. And I, I, I actually remember I was in a worship service, and it felt like somebody was zapping me low-key with electricity. And, and it felt like an intense static shock. It didn't hurt. Like, I wasn't sticking my hand in a socket, right? That hurts. But it, but it was like, what, what is going on? What is this? And, and some people started to describe it as maybe it's baptism in the Holy Spirit. You know, maybe God's like moving inside of you. We'll talk more about that. But then the next time, man, the next time I was really baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was in a crowd of like a couple hundred people. And I was all the way in Ottawa, Ontario, uh, traveling with some pastors and and they were doing missions up there, and they got into this, this massive conference where the guy was going to speak, and all he did, and this is back in the 90s, there was just radical moves of God all over the place, and I didn't know what was coming, and I was new to this stuff, right? And so he prays, he's like, oh God, we need you, and he says something like, more Lord, and oh my goodness, the, the entire room shifted as if as if it was lit up with electricity. And I didn't really see much because I literally passed out. Um, and some people call that being slain in the spirit, but I didn't know the language back then. I didn't know that that's actually a thing. And, and so I, and all I did was cry for like an hour straight because I didn't know what else to do. And pe some people were screaming at the top of their lungs. Some people were laughing. And, and some people like me were just crying. But when I woke up about an hour later, I came to and I started to crawl off the floor, at least try to, I, and my brain was saying, this is so strange, but I was literally too drunk to care. And what I mean by that, I was intoxicated by the Holy Spirit. I, was, I, I felt hazy. I felt like, like I didn't even feel like the same person. And of course, somebody came over and prayed for me again. And, um, I I'd be like, okay, I, I can see what's going to happen. So I, I sat down before I could fall down because I, I was like, this stuff, this stuff is going to move on you, man. And I started to learn as the years passed, like what's going on? The Holy Spirit wants to move on us, right? And he wants to let us know that he's here in multiple, multiple ways. And I've, I've also come to know that my experience is not your experience. And me and Jimmy have some similar experiences and then very different experiences, right? And so do all of you. And so he's, he's not in a box, except I've, I've come to realize that we need it desperately and it's made all the difference in the world. And so the, the first point I really want you to hear is this. You ready? If you carry nothing else away today, I want you to know that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, otherwise known as the filling of the Holy Spirit or the empowering of the Holy Spirit, same thing, same thing. It's supposed to be experiential. And if you believe otherwise, I'm begging you to think about it because you might be short-selling yourself, selling yourself short. Because it's meant to be an experience whereby a believer has an actual knowing and a supernatural knowing in some way, shape, or form. It doesn't have to be exactly the way 
I or you experienced it or some other, but it's supposed to be experiential. Amen? We'll talk more about that, but I want you to think about that. So, so I want to just do a little blip here before we go further and talk a little bit about why. What for? Some of you go, really, why do I need the empowering of the Holy Spirit? What, what's it for? Don't I have enough? I have a Bible. I mean, do I, do I really need something else? There's all these questions rolling around our brain. Well, let me just give you a few good reasons, and then we'll talk more, amen? So why? What for? Number one, the Holy Spirit. I need to be aware of him. I need the empowering of the Holy Spirit because he teaches me and he guides me. And you say, wasn't well, that why we were given the Bible? Well, the first 300 years of the church, they didn't have the Bible that you have. You ever stop and think about that? They were empowered by the Holy Spirit and led and guided by him. And we should still be today. Now, you'll hear us say this off and on. We don't worship the Bible. We worship the author of the Bible. And when we read our Bible, we're interacting with the author of the Bible who empowers us to understand what's written in the first place. We're not a culture that worships the Bible. We're a culture that uses the Bible because we worship the creator and the author who inspired the Bible, and now we can interact with it, and then it's called the living word. Come on, somebody. That's a whole different way to live than opening up a book and reading it like a history book and going, wow, I'm not even sure if this makes sense. Oh, yeah, that part does. Let's stick with that verse. But then we scripture interpret scripture, interpret scripture, and you need the Holy Spirit to help us dive through this and to help us understand. That's why he teaches us and he guides us. I love my Bible and I read it a lot, right? But if I'm living in China and I don't have a Bible, I can still be a follower of Jesus and I can still be empowered by the Holy Spirit like they are today because he's a teacher, a leader, and a guide. Amen? Come on, somebody. It's just true. Number two, reason I contend for this is we need his power because he causes me, it's him who causes me to become like Christ. I want that so badly. But I can, you know... Be aware of your own weaknesses and go, whoa, there's still areas of my life that ought to be submitted um, to him. <clears throat> By the way, the, the, the verse going back to the, the first one he teaches, it comes from John 16, 13, where it says, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. That's where I'm getting that. So number two, he causes me to become like Christ. In Acts 1, 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And I think the ends of the earth includes Lebanon and surrounding counties. Amen. So says, you'll be witnesses to me. In other words, when I see them, when I see you, I will see Jesus. You will represent me, right? And so they were first called Christians, meaning little Christ. I think it says in Antioch. They looked at them and said, they're acting like Jesus. They looked like Jesus looked and acted and behaved and there's miracle signs and wonders. Amen? Amen? I want that. I don't know about you. I do. I'm so hungry for that. I want people to meet me and go, whoa, he's acting like that Jesus guy I heard about. <laughs> That'd be cool of Christians to have that reputation. Amen? <laughs> Number three, reason we contend for the Holy Spirit and his power, it's he that produces fruit in our lives, according to Galatians 5, and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is, come on, some of you know this, love, joy, peace, and long suffering, right? And kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. Did you know that a fruit can't just become a fruit unless it's attached to a tree, right? And the tree goes, you know, anyway, you got it. 
to expect to have fruit while not being connected to the source is simply ludicrous. That's where the fruit comes from. He says, well, I'm just going to make a decision on my own to be kind. Well, let me, let me know how you do with that. You can do that, but I don't know that it'll last that long. The actual fruit of the Spirit comes from the Holy Spirit and causes you, I could even say this, tempts you toward righteousness, right? Molds and shapes us into his image. Come on, somebody. Number four, very good reason to contend for the power of the Holy Spirit. It's he that enables me to practice the spiritual gifts. And I'm just going to take the ones out of 1 Corinthians 12, 8 to 10, because there's a lot more in the New Testament, which we don't have time for. Jimmy's going to talk more about this in the weeks ahead. It lists things like word of wisdom and word of knowledge, meaning knowing and saying things that you wouldn't otherwise know except the Holy Spirit tells you. Gifts of faith and gifts of healing and miracles, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits and tongues and interpretation of tongues and, and all of that. And there's more gifts of the Spirit listed. So we need to contend for, again, reasons why you should be craving and desiring and hungering after the move of the Holy Spirit in your life and in this nation. Because we desperately, desperately need what he brings and what he offers. Now, now what happened on the day of Pentecost? Shall we go there? Acts 2, 1 to 4, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were celebrating during this week, this festival week, they were all together in one place. What so was the disciples and some early believers that had followed Jesus during his ministry? Now, Jesus was gone, right? But he says, I'm going to send you the helper. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Wait, he said, in Jerusalem. And now here they are waiting for that. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them like tongues of fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. How crazy and how cool is that? And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now I'm going to tell you again, this experience is supposed to be something experiential, not something that you read about and simply agree with. It's supposed to be something that you come into and experience for yourself. Yes, but it happened 2,000 years ago. Can't we just let it at that? You can. <laughs> Begging you not to, because I'm telling you, it's your experience as well. Yeah, well, I tried that. Somebody prayed for me once and nothing really happened. Well, pray again. <laughs> and ask again, and contend for it, and stay hungry. Don't give up, because there's an experience that belongs to you, whereby you know that it's yours. Man, I, maybe, I don't know what news you follow, but good, good gracious, it's just loaded with stuff recently. There's a, a lead singer of the Christian band called Hawk Nelson. His name is Jonathan Steingart. I never actually knew his first name, but I am aware of some of Hawk Nelson's uh, Stuff And so this week, he just announced that he doesn't believe in God. <clears throat> like last year, there were some other leaders that announced the same thing, right? And they make it very public, and so it's all over Facebook and all that. But as you read through some of the small print, and people were asking him questions and dialoguing with him, he actually answered some of their questions. You know, like, you know, God is real. Don't you know God is real? And he said, I never actually experienced Jesus. That's what he said. I write songs. I travel all over the world. <laughs> I'm pretty successful with our albums and our concerts. They were gathering large, large crowds of people. And he was raised in the church and all that stuff, just like some of you. 
I've never actually experienced Jesus. And then, and then he went on to say this. He said, it's, it's kind of like me pretending that I've had an imaginary friend all my life. That's what it was to him. And I just think that's really sad. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you today that that is not supposed to be Christianity at all. It's not supposed to be that in the, in the least. It's supposed to be an experiential whereby you actually know that he is alive and well, he's made himself known somehow within your spirit, within your mind, within your body. Why? Because that's where he dwells. He dwells within you. Now, some of you, some of you are going right now at this place. I've lost some of you because you're going, are you telling me, Pastor Vern, that I don't have the Holy Spirit? Come on, some of you are asking that. I know you are. Can I address that? I'll address it the way that we've come to understand it because it's very, very important because I don't want to alienate anyone. You're like, well, he is the Holy Spirit apparently because he experienced something, but I haven't yet experienced anything, so maybe I don't have the Holy Spirit. We believe, get this, we believe that, and again, Scripture interprets Scripture. You can get really black and white if you read some Scriptures, but not the rest of the Scriptures, okay? We believe that if you're a believer of Jesus Christ, you've chosen to follow him, whereby you've said yes to Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior. I believe that Jesus is who he says he is, right? It says in, this, in the word that the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within you. And I believe it's at that moment. Why do I say that? I go to Acts 2.38 where Peter said, repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's there. Now I want to tell you what it's like because this is what's happened. He's there and that moment of salvation, most people go, whoa, that was just incredible. What's the Holy Spirit that's leading you to that moment in the first place? He's already there. Who do you think's leading and guiding you and drawing you? It's not the enemy drawing you to say yes to Jesus, right? It's the Holy Spirit moving and working and putting people in your path and getting people to teach you and all this kind of stuff. And then you say yes to Jesus. And some people are so enamored with, with, with that moment. They go, oh my, that was such an incredible moment. They try to replicate it and get saved, you know, 50 times in their life because they want to replicate that moment. But what's happening, it's a little bit like this, that the Holy Spirit came in and took, took up residence within them and they're not really aware of what actually happened. I mean, I was raised in a church too, very religious culture, but I didn't know anything about a Holy Spirit. They never talked about him. I might have even gotten saved somewhere along, along the line. I don't really know. So there's <laughs> all kinds of religious things that we had to pray. I don't even know if part of that was salvation or not, but I didn't know about the Holy Spirit. How about you? There's still folks like that. Now, now if you're a follower of Jesus, okay, you have the Holy Spirit. This is what it's like though for some people. Not all of you, of course, but some of you. It's like getting married and then having your spouse living with you in your house and then you get so busy with life, you actually don't engage with that person living in your house. That happens sometimes. I mean, Alicia and I went through some seasons, not when we were first married, but a little later on, we had some kids. I was extremely busy with my career. I mean, we were literally living in the same house, but very, very little engagement with each other. I was going my way, she's going her way. I was busy, she was busy. You know, we come home to sleep for a couple hours and off we go again. You know, I come home at 12, maybe one o'clock and I'm gone by five because I got to get back to work. And I'm telling you, I've been through seasons like that where you can actually live in the same house and almost be unaware. And that's not, wasn't good for my marriage. And so we had to, I had to put, we had to put really good boundaries. That's a whole nother message. But God saved our marriage, right? We're here. 
But, uh, but I'm telling you that if during that time someone would ask me, you can see I'm married, I have a ring, what's your conversation with your wife this week? I'd have to be embarrassed and go, it, we didn't really have a conversation. We're just surviving. Take that and switch it over to your walk with Jesus. There's someone else living in your house. His name is Holy Spirit. What's been your engagement with him this week? What's been your conversation? Uh, uh, or deer in the headlights look. You see that look on some people's faces. I, I'm not bashing you. I'm calling you to hunger. <laughs> I love you so much. You hear me? Good, because I'm not here to bash. I'm calling you into an experience. But that's what it's like. I'm not saying you're not a believer. I'm saying that you are, and I'm saying that you have the Holy Spirit, and I might be saying that you pay very little attention to him, even though he's been living within you since you said yes to Jesus. And so empowered, by the way, all of that's called the indwelling ministry of the Holy Spirit. If you want a technical term for it, that's what's in the books that we read and all this. The indwelling ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's automatic. It's, yeah, it's there. It's yes and amen. And he comes to live inside of you. Now, the empowering of the Holy Spirit is a little different. And there is a more experience. And I'm going to show you a scripture verse where there's a more experience. And that's where you go, you start engaging. Another way to say it is, how are you 100% aware of who's living inside of you? Have you engaged with him? And then it leads to like a place of empowerment. And now you're not living out of your own strength, but you're living with the power of the Holy Spirit and all the stuff that I've talked about, the gifts of the Spirit. It's impossible to do that when you're just living life on your own with a simple belief system. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Well, it takes interaction and engagement. You tracking with me this morning? Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Love you guys. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he just told me I don't have the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> well, well, I'm not. It isn't quite true, but I'm gonna, I have one example for you. Um, by the way, in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20, it says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Is that good? That's a really good scripture right there. Now, Here's an example from scripture. Paul, in Acts 19, Paul actually came to a city called Ephesus and he found some disciples there. What he means by that is he found some believers that already believed that Jesus is who he said he is, was who he said he was, and they were believers in Jesus Christ, right? On their way to heaven, all right. And he said to them, have... He said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And he's quizzing them on their knowledge. And again, we balance scripture with scripture, right? And they're like, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. We haven't even heard of a Holy Spirit. That was exactly me growing up. Some of you that come from churches that talk about everything under the sun and everything scriptural except the move of the Holy Spirit. It's, a very, it's very odd to me, by the way, because it's like the omission of certain scriptures. It's very odd. But anyway... Maybe we do that too, and I'm not even aware. But Acts 19.6, he finishes it by saying, and then Paul laid hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied, and they had their own experience with the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you that you can be a follower of Jesus Christ and be still unaware of the moving and inner working of the indwelling Holy Spirit who's living inside of you. You know, when it says, when it says in Scripture, and I don't have this verse to post right now, but it says that you're a new creation, in Christ Jesus, remember that one, some of you? 
Do you know that it's actually another way to say it is a new creature and an even better way to interpret that is there's actually a new species on the earth now that never existed before then. Did you know that on the day of Pentecost, hallelujah, somebody, there was a new species of human born called the church, but now there was a person with a spirit, body, mind, soul, and spirit, but now they had a Holy Spirit who came and took up residence within them. That did not happen in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit came, he moved, and he left. Okay? But then Jesus said, there's a new way. There's a better way. And Jesus showed a new way. And then he birthed the church and he created a new species of human beings who actually are aware that they're not living in their own strength and in their own power. They're living with the Holy Spirit who's part of the Godhead dwelling within them, causing them to act good, causing them to move in spiritual gifts, causing them to act in righteousness and moving them toward building the kingdom of God, causing them to love, causing them to forgive, causing them to do all the stuff we just talked about. Does that make sense? You're a new species. You're not normal. (laughs) And you're not supposed to be. You're wild and crazy, just like me. True disciples of Jesus, true disciples of Jesus seek, they ask for, and they pursue, and then they receive and they experience the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Y'all good with that so far? I want to tell you one thing more before I move on, and it's this. It's called, being, it's called stay being filled with the Holy Spirit. And this, is, this talks largely to those of you that have experienced all kinds of things. A lot of you in this room like, been there, done that, got prayed for, spoken tongues, felt, felt the weebie-jeebies and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> got the goosebumps, I've been there, done that. Now, and that's fantastic, so, so, so have I. Now, Ephesians 5.18, where it says this, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, it starts by saying, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Basically, get drunk in the Holy Spirit and not wine, right? Something like that. But this, this is what it's like, and this is a better interpretation, and you need to know this because it changes the way you act. Various Greek scholars and some Bible commentators, they point out that the Greek present imperative tense is used in this verse. I'm not, an, I'm not a, a language scholar necessarily, but I like this. It has the connotation of a continuous replenishment. It's an ongoing and repeated filling catching this? And it has been suggested by some that an awkward but maybe more accurate translation would be something like, go on being filled repeatedly. So do not be drunk with wine, but go on being filled repeatedly again and again and again for the rest of your life with the Holy Spirit. I can show this to you one place in scripture for the sake of time right now, but look, perhaps days, you heard about the day of Pentecost, right? I just talked about that. Days or even weeks later, we don't actually know, but in, but in Acts 4.31, you read this. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak the word of God with boldness. That's another reason to contend for the Holy Spirit. I need boldness. But, but if you're like me, you'd stop and go, wait, wait a minute. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now they're filled with the Holy Spirit again because it's talking about the same people. Yes. 
again and again and again and again for the rest of your life until you're there with him for all eternity in heaven. You should be experiencing more and experiencing more and again and repeatedly because we leak. I don't know about you, but we leak and we get a little, a little dry and we get a little stale and then we go back and say, Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, I need more. I need another infilling of the Holy Spirit. You know, or, or I like to say empowering of the Holy Spirit because he's already there, but then he bubbles up again or whatever. whatever, however you want to describe it, I really don't care, except that we need an attitude of repetitive living like that, where the Holy Spirit is not just a once and done thing. Yep, been there, done that. And I was, I, I, after I got saved, I was in Pentecostal charismatic churches, and some of them are just, that's their doctrine. You experienced it, you're done. You got saved, you're done. Okay, I understand that. You got filled with the Holy Spirit, done. And you can live like hell the rest of your life, but at least you got filled with the Holy Spirit back then. You know, <laughs> they don't say that. It's just sort of the attitude. <laughs> well, if you're like me, I needed it again and again and again and again. Man, I experienced the Holy Spirit filling many, many, many times throughout my life where I was fully 100% aware that there is a power surging through to me that supernatural has nothing to do with anything I even did, said, I just need his power. Does that make sense? And so I, I, I want you to go out of here with that mentality because it's very, very important that we seek for the more. We want to be those people that don't settle for a past experience. I don't even care if it was yesterday. Seek for more today. Amen. That's, I'm just so hungry. Oh, my goodness. I'm just so hungry. And I've asked, I've asked Sean Adams to come and share his story. Sean, can you, you ready to share? Oh, welcome, Sean Adams. He's a good buddy. <laughs> He's so good. So Sean, Sean actually uh, just finished up what's called core intensive discipleship, core disciple intensiveship. <laughs> Help me, Renee. <laughs> intensive discipleship training, whatever. <clears throat> it was intense. That's what I heard. And, and so we were praying for them along these same lines and teaching on this the one night on a Wednesday night. It was like 30 people here, maybe. And, and so we're praying for experience of, of the Holy Spirit, just like this. And so I think Sean's story is unique, but I want him to share it because it makes us hungry, and I want it to make you hungry for your experience, even if it's not the same. Does that make sense? Amen. Thank you, Sean. Yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> it was back in about, I think it was February or early March before the shutdown, and we were, we were here on a Wednesday night for training, <clears throat> and uh, Pastor Vern did a great job of speaking on just baptism of the Holy Spirit and, and really experiencing uh, what the Holy Spirit wants to pour out. And uh, so we're in this moment that we had like a, a, a sort of ministry time and all the core disciples, uh, anybody in the room? Core disciples, come on. Uh, we lined up across the room here, uh, the whole way across. Um, there was probably around 30, 30 to 40 or so. Anyway, I was at the far end here over by Elmer and Jordan and right below the, the screen. And I was sitting over there and I, you know, just kind of, I was in a place where, so, so just a bit of my background is like, I, I was not raised a Christian. I wasn't familiar with the Holy Spirit. And I was, if I'm honest, pretty, pretty, um, not against it, I don't want to say that, but pretty uh, distant from it. Um, I, I didn't want to, you know, I, there was a part of me that wanted to be dropped in the spirit, another one that was just scared to death of that, you know, you know that whole thing. So that's kind of how I was raised. I was kind of freaked out by that, but I was hungry for something more. So in my times, my walk, walk with Christ, I've experienced people giving me words, praying over me, laying hands, and, and do, doing things like that, normal ministry times and stuff. And I felt that, but in this moment, I wanted something more. I was desiring something more from God, something that I could sense, something that, that um, 
that nobody would be able to take back away from me. Nobody would be able to convince me that that was not what God was doing. And so I was over there and I was kind of just praying and just kind of, um, you know, having this moment with the Lord, wrestling with him a little bit. And, and I, I, I had my eyes closed, but I lifted my eyes up and right about here where I'm standing, I was, again, I was standing over there, right about here where I was standing, um, I saw like this blue cloud. It was like a blue cloud with lightning in it. And, and it was a cloud, but it was more like almost like a liquid sort of, I, I, it's really hard to explain. I'm trying my best, but it was here and it was moving. And the thing you got to understand about it is that it was moving in anticipation. It was excited. It wasn't just sitting there hanging out. It was excited, it was ready to move, it was ready to encounter, and it was there. And I felt like God, I was like, I was, I was processing with the Lord, I'll put it like that. And I was trying to figure out what was this. And I felt like God said, just, just open up your hands, just surrender, just open up your hands and receive. So I did it. And right when I did it, I saw it just shoot over to me, like just race over to me and hit me right in the hands and just filled me. And I felt like this in this moment, I felt almost like this, I can move my fingers like this, almost like my hands were underwater or under sand. I was feeling this sort of substance um, that was there. And, and when I felt that, I felt like a peace and a comfort in my being that I've never felt before. And here's the thing, that, 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 moment, that moment ended and we went on with the night, it was an awesome experience, but it didn't end there. You were talking about just, uh, you know, it happening again and again, it's meant to happen again and again, always refilling. That happens, so like now, if I'm having secret place time with the Lord, I can go in faith and just stop, put my hands out and I feel that same substance. I still feel that same peace and comfort in my soul. It's something that God wants to do. So I share that and, and something that, that I wanted to address that I felt like God was saying is uh, some of us, and I felt like this for many years, some of us feel like, well, well God doesn't want to, God doesn't want to fill me. He wants to fill this person, maybe the person sitting beside you that invited you to church today. He doesn't want to fill me, but he'll fill some other people that maybe earned it. I want to break that off. Just like a builder builds a house so it could be dwelt in, dwelt, so that they can dwell in it and <laughs> lived in. Uh, so you can dwell in the house. Uh, God created us so that he could dwell in us. He, did, he doesn't just want to dwell in us. He created us specifically so that he could dwell in us. It's a destiny. Thank you, Sean. Doesn't that just increase your hunger level a little bit? Man, that's so good. Do you want to talk now? you have anything to say? Yeah, go ahead. Then we'll pray. <clears throat> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> make it, Vern's making it better. So <laughs> Jimmy has a few words to share, and then we'll, go, then we'll move on and pray for the Holy Spirit. So when we, were, when we were praying as a team about this series and coming into this, um, I felt like the, the Lord spoke to my heart. When I say spoke, like, this is an impression. It's not like I hear a voice, but there's a very clear understanding. And I felt like what he said to me was, don't focus on a day of Pentecost, focus, focus on a season of Pentecost. And, and here's the season, and I'm gonna say this about the Holy Spirit. He's not an imposer. He's not imposing himself on you. He's inviting you into something. Now, I wanna address something that, because there's, we, we started this series two weeks ago. So if you wanna catch up, you can see the first message I did called Dirt, or the Holy Spirit, Dirt and Gold. 
And, and, and the reason we, we, we talked about that is the Bible tells us that God puts his treasure in earthen vessels, that the glory would be of God, not of us. The excellence of the glory would be of him. And unfortunately, some people in the name of the Holy Spirit have done some really weird things, maybe pressured you, maybe made you feel like kind of a haves and have not type thing. But what it mostly does, the end result of whatever that, that version of that is, is it turns you off from going after someone, not just something. We, we, the Holy Spirit's not an it, he's a he. Lydia brings that out very clearly in the second message, our friendship with the Spirit of God. And it turns us off from going after that. And so as we enter into a time of, of prayer this morning, one of the things we want to go after is those things that have hindered you, that kept, that manifested through other people in the name of the Holy Spirit. And it made you like, yeah, I don't know if I want anything to do with that. In part of your season, I want to invite you into a season of laying down your biblical confirmation biases, meaning you have a way you look at the scriptures when you come to it, whether you know it or not. Like Pastor Vern talking about how pastors and teachers will teach all kinds of things out of the Bible, but they just happen to work their way around this particular topic. When in fact, that's kind of the equivalent of building a car and dropping no engine in it. And I don't know if you want the Flintstones mobile for those who know what I'm talking about, but I want, I want the engine of the Holy Spirit in my inner man. And I, I, we, need, we, we need Him. And so anything that's keeping you from him is not the Lord, even, even if it comes theologically packaged. And so I want to say to you that if you could just, what would happen if you, I'm never coming back to this church again. Great. Would you go to your Bible and just read the New Testament with fresh eyeballs, with a fresh perspective? And say, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to teach me the truth of this. And, and so we're going to, we, I just want to, can I start there? Just break that off that you can lead to, why don't you stay on your feet? Before, before Vern leads you to inviting the Holy Spirit, I want to suggest if you could pray. I, some of you, we don't have the relationship uh, equity for you to trust me, and I'm okay with that. So I'm going to tell you what I'm going to ask you to pray, and then you can decide if you want to join in. So we're all about, obviously, freedom of coming to church. All the, We're about freedom here, okay? So um, your freedom of your choice. But I think it'd be a really great prayer if you would say, God, like, let me say this before I, I do that. Judgments, when you judge something, especially a move of God. Remember Jesus, the Holy Spirit was moving. Jesus was casting out demons. And some religious guys said, he cast out demons by demons. That's when Jesus made the crazy landmark statement that said, all sins will be forgiven men, but any insults, any injury, any blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, it won't be forgiven. Now, if you're here today, I don't think you've done that, okay? Because um, you wouldn't be interested in God things. But, but the point is, is the Holy Spirit was moving and they called it the devil. And it's a, it's a scary thing to do that. And I want to say to you that anything that God's doing, the Bible says, will bear good fruit. Like Jesus spit on people, you know that? Like touch their mouth or their ears. I'm like, gross, but they got healed. So they don't care, right? If you're blind, hey, spit on me. As long as I see when it's done, I'm good. And if you looked at that, you might think, man, that's weird. But if it had good fruit, you would say, okay, but the fruit's good. So the method, a little strange, but the fruit's good. But there's, there's things that are not good. We call that fool's gold. If the Holy Spirit represents gold, fool's gold is the thing that walks like a duck, quacks like a duck. But in fact, it's not a duck. Yeah. It acts like the Holy Spirit. It says Holy Spirit language. The Spirit of the Lord says, but it's just not God. You test it against the Word and your experience. You're like, nah, this isn't the Lord. 
And those are the things that turn us off. And I'm, so we're gonna, I'm gonna invite you to say, Lord, forgive me for any way I've judged the Holy Spirit's work. And now it's hindering me from actually entering in to these experiences like Sean's talking about and what others are talking about. God wants you to know him. Yeah. People say, well, we just live by faith. We don't live by experience. Um, it takes faith to have an experience, friend. Salvation is an experience. It took faith for you to experience that. It will take faith today if you're gonna experience it today. Make sense? So I'm gonna pray along those lines, renouncing that and asking God to help us enter into that. If you wanna join me in prayer, you can. Pray something like this. Say, God, God. in Jesus' name, Jesus name. I, renounce I renounce all judgments, all judgments. Uh, intentional, intentional or accidental, or accidental. Against, the against the work of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Where, I where I misunderstood what I was seeing, what I was seeing. where I was turned off by, was turned off by. A representatives who said in the name of the Holy Spirit, but it did not prove to be that. And it proved to be hurtful. And I ask you to forgive me where I've unintentionally resisted you. And I'm asking you today, Holy Spirit, to lead me. I'm inviting you to lead me into a season of Pentecost, a daily infilling, a daily growing, of being led by the Spirit of God, not fulfilling the deeds of the flesh and glorifying Jesus Christ. Teach me the truth of your word. Remove my confirmation biases and let me see it as it is. I want the full experience of all that you died for so I can testify to your resurrection in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, Pastor James. Wow. Come on. This is so good. So, okay. What, what I've devised, and those of you that know me, you know I like to do this. But I also like to do like prayers that cover the bases that you'll repeat after me. So we're going to do a little bit more. And this is including a prayer of salvation. And then right away, a prayer to invite the Holy Spirit to fill you up, baptize you, empower you, whatever language you would like to use. Okay. So we're going to do that. Those of you that know your need for a savior today, this prayer will get you launched and get you started. So let me say in advance, welcome to the kingdom. We're gonna pray this. All right, y'all ready? Say, Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, I acknowledge my need for a savior. I declare you are Lord of my life. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sins. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to live within me, to lead and guide me, and to fill me with power. Holy Spirit, I acknowledge you. I invite you to fill me completely, to take your rightful place in my life. I want to be endued with power from on high. Now just linger there for a little bit and keep asking him in your spirit. This is the second service we can take all afternoon if we need to. <laughs> I'm teasing y'all, but just linger a little bit. Just ask and cry out. Use your own words and say, Holy Spirit, I need you. I want my own experience. I'm called created for this experience. I need your empowerment in my life. We invite you, Holy Spirit. We invite you, Holy Spirit. We invite you, God.
Hallelujah. Some of you felt the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the worship before we ever got this far. And some of you are feeling a sensation going through your brain right now. And some of you in other parts of your body, it includes some healing for some of you. God's actually breaking off depression today from some of you as you're being filled with his presence. It's knocking out darkness. It's like turning on a light so darkness flees. Come on, some of you are actually wrestling with addiction. This is your answer. A variety of addictions. This is your answer. There's an empowering of the Holy Spirit coming on you where you can walk free and break free. Some of you need the empowering of the, of the Holy Spirit just to save your marriage. And that's a good thing, to become a better parent. God's doing some of these things in your life today. God's breaking off things like doubt, fear, and unbelief. He's going to have, he does have, and he's going to have a true bride of Christ, true followers of Jesus Christ that are endued with power from on high. And it looks like you. It looks like you today. Amen.